Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and I want to continue from where I was, uh, what I was speaking about in the fourth episode, um, about sort of the adoption of computer-checked proof technology. And um, there's been, as I mentioned to you last time, there's been this sort of um, pretty significant adoption of this technology in the United States, sort of, you could say, finally. <laughs> um uh, people, you know, have become aware of it and are starting to use it for pretty interesting stuff. Um, but that is among computer scientists. And so I wanted to spend a few moments addressing the question um, that, that is sort of implicitly raised by the comments of this uh, professor, Kevin Buzzard, who I mentioned a few podcasts ago, about sort of who, who asserted, I heard him speak, say this in one of these videos on, you can find about him on YouTube, or find out from him on YouTube, that uh, this is the future of mathematics. And so the question that I think is interesting to consider at this point um, is, it's the future, but why is it not the present? Um, and why is it not really the present for computer science either? I mean, eager beaver computer scientists, um, some of them have realized just how powerful it is to be able to, to know something with confidence, <laughs> with with really strong confidence. Really, you know, not, high confidence knowledge is an important um, commodity. It's an important thing to have. And um, and really, for the first time in the history of the world, um, uh, you know, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to put myself on a limb here, but apart from um, certain parts of human knowledge that, that seem a bit different from this. I'm thinking actually of religious faith. I'm a believer myself, and um, despite the fact that this is, you know, always battered into by skeptics, um, in some ways, I personally believe that that is a high, uh, very trustworthy and high form of knowledge. Um, you, if you listen to this podcast, there's a very high chance you disagree with that statement, that's just fine. Um, but uh, anyway, in the history of the world, we haven't really had um, the ability to have this kind of highly certain knowledge. You could say, you know, the cryptocurrency um, phenomenon that's been going on for the past couple of years is actually sort of a similar thing. We actually have the ability to get a really high degree of certainty about the ownership and provenance of certain, um, at least digital goods. And that's new. And that's creating some really amazing possibilities. And the same thing is true with computer-checked proofs. We have kind of this new um, new capability to be really, really sure that something is true. Um, so uh, why isn't that getting used more? <laughs> Doesn't that, you know... Well, I have a couple of thoughts I want to share about this. First of all, um, uh, you know, I, I want to think about it from the perspective of a mathematician. And I, I'm not a mathematician. Um, when I was in grad school, I could say some mathematicians are some of my good friends, but I, I don't even know personally that well um, mathematicians. But I can still put myself in the shoes of a mathematician. So imagine someone tells you, the way you're doing things, and oh, by the way, um, the way that you and your intellectual ancestors have been doing things for thousands of years is kind of inadequate or flawed weak, not up to the job. And, in addition to that bitter pill, don't worry, I have a solution for you. You need to use this software, and that's going to make it all better. 
Uh, if I were a mathematician, I would be so skeptical of this, and I would be so mad that somebody would suggest this. Um, you know, think about the psychology of this. Mathematicians have been using um, time, you know, these methods of proof and investigation have been honed over centuries of intense study and really pinnacles of human culture. And somebody wants to come in and say, um, you need to use version 4.1.1 of my tool and then, then, then it will work. I mean, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And so there's very, very little adoption among mathematicians of these ideas, of these tools and technologies. Um, despite the, you know, uh, fire alarms, bells that are being sounded by a few mathematicians, um, that, that we need a higher degree of certainty and trustworthiness of uh, our results. Um, and before I, I forget, you know, I, I do want to comment on something that uh, Professor Buzzard said there in one of his videos um, he, that's relevant to this. He, you know, he said um, he doesn't think there's anybody on the planet who grasps the entirety of the proof of Vermont's last theorem, which was completed you know, not long ago to great acclaim. And, uh, you know, so, and he, this, I think he's offering this point, the fact that nobody grasps all of the mathematics, all of the details of that proof. The fact that, you know, that that's the case as sort of a um, dismaying and, and um, a sign that something is wrong. And actually, that's a point where, place, I think, where a computer scientist has some encouraging words to offer, which is that actually, no, you know, in computer science, I mean... <laughs> Google, right, is, re is reputed to have a billion lines of code. I mean, that, that number came from, a, I remember, got that number from a few years ago. So who knows? It's a billion and a half now or whatever. I mean, Google has an enormous amount of code. There is for sure, for dang sure, nobody on the planet who grasps all the details of all that code. And that is not a problem because in computer science, we have this wonderful idea of abstraction. You can erect an interface from one part of a system, one artifact, one body of knowledge to another. Um, and, uh, you know, and from that, and then the, the one party doesn't really need to know how the other party achieves um, their goals and ends. Because the interface, as long as both parties agree to the interface, and in fact, it sounds sort of contractual. And in fact, the, you know, in, in programming, there's um, an idea of design by contract where you're setting up contracts for parts of your code and the contracts assume certain things of other parts of the code and then promise to try to deliver. They try, try to guarantee some properties to other parts of your code. It actually sounds a bit like the law as well. You know, you, parties reach contractual agreements and as long as I honor my terms of the, my end of the bargain, it doesn't really matter how I achieve that. I mean, you know, with the, the broad constraints of the law otherwise. Um, I'm a little bit reminded of, I had a debate uh, some years ago with a colleague on a, on a topic, and I, I don't want to go too much into what that was all about, but um, not a topic in my area, not a colleague in my area, but another area. And um, it had to do with some issues, moral issues um, and ethical issues. And the person, um, well, this is good since I mentioned religion a little earlier, the person was very, very skeptical that religion could have any positive role whatsoever in society or in human culture. And, um, and, and consequently, they were actually skeptical of, of sort of any kind of morality. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think the person's advocating immorality. They just, I think, were concerned that somehow codified bodies of rules or moral guidelines or something would, would also be 
somehow um, bad, and, and because of a, a link to religion, that somehow they are inherently religious. So religion bad, therefore, and morality tied to religion, therefore morality bad. And I made the point that there is an interface. Actually, logicians know this as um, an interpolation theorem. If you've got some, some fact that follows from some other facts, um, there's this theorem that you can prove in logic that says that um, there has to be an interface. There has to be an intermediary point where, um, where only the common vocabulary between these two bodies of knowledge is used. So somewhere um, between religion and morality, let's say, there is um, an interface that only talks about the kinds of things that, that are in the shared vocabulary of these two theories. So this interface doesn't talk about God, let's say. I mean, unless we were talking about moral rules that had something to do with um, religious practices, the way you might have in, say, you know, the, in, say Judaism or something like that. Um, but in any event, uh, there's an interface. And interfaces help organize complex bodies of human knowledge and artifacts. And so it's really not concerning that there's no mathematician who grasps all the, the whole proof of Fermat's last theorem, because there are interfaces um, between the bodies of knowledge such that, you know, the final theorem, of, uh, the final proof of Fermat's last theorem rests on bodies of knowledge that are also, you know, well-established. And there's just this interface that the, the proof um, of Fermat's last theorem can make use of. Uh, anyway, now I'm sitting in my garage, um, so uh, I've enjoyed talking, and hopefully that's beneficial for you. Thank you for listening, and um, Thanksgiving break is coming up here um, in the United States soon, so I might not be recording as much, but there's always gym drive. So. <laughs>